Thank you, uh, choir and youth choir, this morning for the music. One thing I didn't mention in the announcements is everyone knows this is uh, election week, and I do encourage you to go and vote. I don't tell people how to vote, but I encourage you to vote. It's a part of our uh, civic responsibilities, and part of us helping make our country better is to choose our leaders. Uh, some people say if you don't vote, then don't complain about what you get. You need to go vote. And uh, it's been a long line, I think, but that's okay. If you hadn't already voted early, take time this Tuesday and do that, if you will. The text today is an interesting one because, as a story, it appears, part of it appears in three of the Gospels, though it's seated in different settings. Uh, this particular one, it's about a, a Jewish rabbi, a teacher, comes to Jesus and asks a question. But kind of before we get to the question, I... In the end, Jesus says to this man, you're not far from the kingdom of God. I begin to think about uh, what that must mean. And maybe, just maybe for a moment, what are things that we want to keep far away and things that we want to be near? And I, it's easy to figure out some of that list. I think of uh, natural disasters and sometimes man-made ones are the kind of things that we would like to distance ourselves from, you know. That's really great when the... Uh, Hurricane passed during the past week, and it didn't come to our coast side. We were all glad. We weren't proud to hit anywhere else, but we're glad it missed us. And we, we like to, to stay away. We want it to be far from us. And there's some things we want to keep close. And I, I count among closeness, of course, our love for each other, uh, our love for God, our love for our family and friends and those who are in the church together. I believe that's the beginning point of folks' relationships that I certainly want to keep near in my life. So think of me for a moment about things that are far, and particularly about the kingdom of God, how far it seems to be from you at this particular time, and what we can do to experience its nearness. Because I believe that's part of what brings us here today. It is a conversation about God's love for us, reminding us, even as Jesus quotes from the Old Testament in response to the rabbi's question, what are the greatest commands from Leviticus and Deuteronomy, saying, love God with heart, mind, soul, and strength, and your neighbor as yourself. Jesus actually doesn't quote it directly. He adds a phrase that you're to love with your mind as well as your heart, soul, and strength. Jesus puts that part in to say, think about it. Think about what you believe and what you're experiencing and know that. He's telling us to think about our love for God and know always that our love for God is in response to His having already loved us. Okay? Now, this story was told to me the other day. I liked it pretty well. And it's one, the person who told me said, I haven't told a lot of people so they won't already hear it. And it's clean enough to tell in the pulpit. You know, I get some told to me that aren't. I'm going, I can't use that. What do you tell me for? So this one's okay. That was a scientist, great scientist that he had excelled in his field. He was a, a genetic, a geneticist. And he, he was convinced that his uh, abilities, he died and there he stood before God one day. And he had not been particularly thoughtful of God at all. He really thought about himself and his abilities. And there he stood before God and, and they had a discussion. And, uh, this uh, scientist says to God, you know, I can do anything you can do. Now, you know, you and I know that is not smart. That is really not smart. And so uh, God listens with the man and says, okay, okay. Then he said, uh, God took a handful of dirt from the air, from the ground and he like that and, and a man formed. You know, that's pretty impressive. God can do something like that. So the scientist bends down to pick him up a handful of dirt and God says, get your own dirt. 
<laughs> okay now, already we know that we stand able to do what we can really because God has already acted. You and I could not pretend to love Him if He hadn't already, in fact, loved us. And we explore weekend and week after week about what that love is. We remind ourselves at times because we get preoccupied with other things that we need what He has to offer to us. We can't come and become involved in the rituals of the church as Jesus says here. We can't be, as the uh, Jewish rabbi said, that what he has found in loving others and loving God is even greater than the uh, practicing rituals of the temple and the church in that day. And it's so for us. He's telling us, even as we come to communion today, that let's make of it what it's best meant to be. Not simply a reminder of what God has done, but a time when you and I can come clean with God. That is, we can be honest to Him, for why would you want to be anything else? God already knows what we're like. And He loves us anyway. God loves us all, and in our Scripture today, when He's calls us to love God with all our heart, mind, soul, and strength, it is a challenge. It's a challenge always to love God so completely. Use the word uh, to love because love is a great motivator for us. Over the years, since our children were young, I've always trained them to say, I love you, often. We don't just say it the holidays or some occasions, but every, every time I have a conversation on the phone with my grown children, they'll say to me, I love you. And uh, Clint, before he leaves in the morning, he's not here, I can tell on him, before he leaves, he will tell us he loves us. And at night, we'll hug each other and we'll tell each other we love each other. Now, I don't do that because I'm afraid they don't love me. I don't do that because I'm paranoid and think no one else would. We do that to remind ourselves to keep that love very much on the surface so it can be seen a reminder of what God is doing for us and how important relationships are. If they disappear below the water, we're more in danger of missing what they're about. We stand and know that God's love is that real for us. A love for our family, a love for others. The word used here is that word agape. If you've been around church long enough, you know that it differs from what you and I use in our vocabulary every day. Love for us has so many meanings in the English language. It's often hard to condense it into the right one. We can talk about loving a pet and loving a person and loving the weather and loving... Uh, today, and use the same word over and over, and we all know it really means something different. It has a different level of commitment, a different commitment of us to it, but we say the same word, and it's up to us to interpret the meaning. They have more words in the Greek, and when we use it in the New Testament, we should know that this particular love is the same love that Jesus has shown, the love we've come accustomed to. It's the love that's caused for a sacrificial love. A love that doesn't, is not there just for the good times, but one that has loved us when we seem least lovable and will not give up on us. A couple of passages out of 1 Corinthians 13. You read that in its entirety anytime. It's a, a packed uh, passage for it. Verse 8, love never fails, never fades out or becomes obsolete. 
or comes to an end. So that love we speak about is not an ending product. It's not completed in one moment and put on the shelf for later. It is always there. It never fails. And the last passage, verse in that passage is, and so faith, hope, and love abide these three. Faith, faith, conviction, and belief, respected man's relationship to God and divine things, hope as our joy, True love is our true affection for God and man, these three, but the greatest of these is love. We learn that God's love is that much for us. We have a group that's studying the Gospel of John, and we're into our eighth week, I think that's right, eighth or ninth week this week on our 11th week study. And last week we got to a passage, and, and this is the uh, summary of what it has to say about uh, our discipleship in following Jesus. It says, very simply, discipleship is choosing God's love and acceptance as our highest priority every minute of every day, no matter what the situation. He's saying loving God is not an often owned proposition from one moment to the next. It's about something we do always. And every moment, He's there in front of us. He loves us that much. I like the way it ends because uh, the man has quizzed Jesus if he knew the scriptures well. Jesus has passed his test and the man then actually takes his own quiz because being a religious leader in his day, he is willing to admit that doing all the rituals themselves can fail us. The greater thing is if you love God and you love your neighbor. But when we do those two things, we complete what God desires of us. It is what we share in Him. The nearness, he says, to God's kingdom is seen when those things happen. I believe it says to us, if you ever want to be near the kingdom of God, you'll never get nearer than we, when you are helping it to come about. That is, when you and I are living in a way that we represent God and Christ best, is when we help to bring the kingdom in. It's not a theory. It's not an idea. It's the reality of loving in His name here today. You come to communion in a moment. Remind you it's not closed and that some are not invited. All are invited. Methodists or not, makes no difference. If you come with your heart open to receive what He has to offer, we come with our hearts ready, knowing we need Him. Knowing that we come to the stage of the One who is the grand restorer, who can bring us back to Himself. That's what he wants to do here and now. Allow the time at the altar to be a place when you draw near again to the kingdom. Not caught in the fuss and bustle of this world, but near to the kingdom of God. Would you pray with me? Now, Father, when we speak about a kingdom, it often is hard for us to understand. But we know it's a place where you are ahead of all things. It's a place where your desires are lived above all others. And you have a plan and purpose. Help us, Lord, to know that, to understand it well, to know this about loving you and loving those around us, not just our family nor our friends or those who are closest to us or those who ask for our love. You said even our enemies. A love only possible when it's the kind that comes through you. Open us to this hour of worship, and as we share in this sacrament this morning, we may draw near to your kingdom. In Jesus we pray. Amen.